0: My name is John, and with me this morning is Ryan. What's up, Ryan?
1: Good morning.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a nice snowy, snowy morning here outside my window. I'm watching the snow fall. Actually, nice. Yeah. How about you?
1: Uh, no, it is just cold darkness outside oh. my window. It's just mm. pure black.
0: Yes, uh, we mention it sometimes, but we uh, we record often uh, early in the morning, and you're an hour behind me, so. Wow, the sun's not even up in Denver, huh?
1: Nope.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Um, well, uh, yeah, so episode 168 here, we are going to focus on Lucasfilm Games. Um, that's been in the news and was pretty exciting, and so uh, I thought maybe we should just devote this episode to game or Lucasfilm uh, Games. Um, you know, last week's episode, and really the one before that, I think we're both, Pretty much all about the High Republic, um, Ryan. You've now read all of the High Republic books, right? That are uh, that are available.
1: Yeah, everything that's been released so far, and uh, I'm definitely excited to talk about um, some of the some of the stuff. Um, but that will wait until next week because we had a bunch of news.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I'm I, I finished Ch- uh, Light of the Jedi. I was going to say "Child of the Jedi." I don't know why. I finished "Light of the Jedi" um, by uh, Charles Soule, and uh, uh, loved that. So we'll talk about that probably on the next episode. Um, and uh, of course, I read "The Great Jedi Rescue," which we did talk about on the last one. And I've read the uh, the Marvel comic issue number one, um, but uh, I still uh, really have just started Justina Ireland's um, High Republic book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I still have some progress to make there. And you know, I kind of also thought probably many listeners, um, you know, I assume, you know, many listeners are not going to read all of the high Republic books because it's kind of a big, uh, ask, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those who are trying to, to stay caught up, you know, with, the with me not even being done with them all yet, I figure, um, uh, probably quite a few listeners could use a little extra time too, if they're, uh, if they're making their way through the books. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll vary it. We'll, we'll change it up this week. We'll, uh, we'll focus on some star Wars video game stuff and then we'll come back um, with high Republic and, you know, who knows what else next week.
1: Yeah. This was a very, very kind uh, teacher-esque thing to do um, for the <laughs> podcast. Like everyone, you get an extra week to complete the reading. Uh, You're yeah. welcome.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And I do love to do that. You know what I mean? Once in a while, just like, mm-hmm. uh, the quiz was today, but I think let's just do it tomorrow. Um mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, yeah, one of those things. Yeah, you got me. Um, cool. Uh all right, well let's uh let's let's jump in to discussing Lucasfilm uh, games. What we're what we're gonna do with the structure of the episode is uh devote the first section to um the news and um and kind of uh, the announcement that has been made about uh Lucasfilm games and um all the little kind of branches of that in terms of um you know, what information we have about uh, this new version of, of LucasArts or Lucasfilm games. Um, You know, Ryan, I was looking up, uh, well, anyway, that's going to be the first section. The second (laughs) section we're going to uh, talk about some things that we, we would like to see. Um, So kind of speculation or hopes for Lucasfilm games. Um, But I was going to mention, Ryan, I was, I was reading about the history of LucasArts and Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when, when this announcement about Lucasfilm games was made earlier in the week, um you know some of our number some of our friends were uh suggesting that you know they should have stuck with lucas arts instead of lucasfilm games um which i can totally see i I can see why uh, many would feel that way but anyway i was looking up the history of lucasarts and i noticed that the first few games from lucasarts um were listed as being published by lucasfilm games and then it switched Mm -hmm. to lucasarts yeah so I didn't know that so that I always thought it was just like well it's LucasArts from day one but this is a return to form almost
1: it is it is um yeah you could have uh went even more old school and had them call it like what was it like Lucasfilm computer division or (laughs) whatever it was initially um which part of that uh that which it branched off and um and they made Lucasfilm Games, but then the other part turned into a little uh a little studio called Pixar.
0: Oh yeah. So, yeah. Right, right. Okay. Um yeah. So uh I guess um you know, as much as, as it might be disappointing that they're calling it Lucasfilm um games, it is uh, it does have a historical precedent or uh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you want to say. and, and personally um, you know, we we talked about this. We debated this a little bit uh, over text message in our little uh, Star Wars group chat. But uh, I kind of like Lucasfilm games myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like I, look, I like Lucas Arts. I, I love that name, and it has a lot of nostalgia to it. But um, mm-hmm. this, I feel, is more direct. You know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. They're video games based on Lucasfilm properties. You know, so uh, I think it's it's pretty straightforward. So that's good. Uh, okay, well, I have been talking about this announcement from um, Lucasfilm for five minutes without actually discussing what that announcement is, so uh, we're going to kick it off here by, by looking at the, the announcement from StarWars.com, which was uh, January 11th, so I think that was Monday of last week, um, and uh, they posted uh, a story called Lucasfilm Games Begins a New Era, New social channels, a sizzle reel, and more herald the bright future of Lucasfilm Games. And uh, the text of it, the the primary text here uh, of this post says, Lucasfilm's legacy in gaming stretches back decades. And with Lucasfilm and the galaxy far, far away entering a new and unprecedented phase of uh, creativity, so will the world of Lucasfilm Games, developed in collaboration with the finest studios across the industry. StarWars.com is thrilled to reveal that Lucasfilm Games is now the official identity for all games, uh, gaming titles from Lucasfilm, a name that encompasses the company's rich catalog of video games and its eye toward the future. Um, and then it lists a bunch of social channels, um, like on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. Uh, and they also posted a game sizzle reel um, as well. So, and a new logo for Lucasfilm Games. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the initial initial announcement what was your uh what was your kind of your thoughts or reaction to this this initial announcement Ryan?
1: um so i think this came before we got any of like the actual news about new products so it was still kind of like huh that's interesting but what does that actually mean like how are things going to be any different than they have been for the last five years yeah um or what it, I, don't know, I guess well, like, 20,
0: 2013 is when they yeah
1: seven years seven years now close, yeah. yeah close to eight years right oh my goodness time yeah it's it yeah. away from you if you're not careful um <laughs> even if yeah. you are
0: it gets away from you <laughs> also <actually>. that
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> no stopping it um yeah so i was uh I, it, it was just kind of like okay this is like some like branding thing um and but like what what is this actually like how are things going to be different and then in the in the next few days we kind of found out how things would be different
0: yeah and I think it's uh it's funny um you know no no shade to uh LucasArts uh, or Lucasfilm employees but I remember what was it a year or two ago there was uh some some games journalists like posted a story or some there was some kerfuffle um about LucasArts coming back And then like all these Lucasfilm employees were like, uh, yeah, where's it going to come back from? It's always been there. You know what I mean? And like pointing to the Lucasarts, um, you know, like social channel or whatever it was and being like, we're still around, we're still like totally doing stuff. Um, but in 2013, I think is when they went from being kind of an active development studio, um, to being what seemed like, you know, it's hard to say exactly, I guess, um, you know, without doing a ton of research or having an inside, you know, kind of look at the company, um, you know, I read about uh, as much of this stuff as I could, but um, it, it seems like since 2013, LucasArts has existed primarily as like a, oh man, like a licensing enterprise, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would work with developers in terms of like, you know, hey, you're using Star Wars stuff in a video game, so you have to talk to us or whatever. But the LucasArts, you know, of the, mm-hmm two and a half decades before that or whatever was like Mm -hmm. an active video game developer you know right Uh, um and so yeah i just remember them being a little you know kind of uh off put by people acting like LucasArts wasn't around anymore but you know um especially if you're if you're more of a casual fan or you know you don't work at lucasfilm and kind of know what's going on it it was sort of like they had you know, mostly disappeared. Mm-hmm. And even the, even the, the, the kind of like the public messaging was like, Hey, ER, EA makes all star Wars games now, you know what I mean? Um, and so they really had put that message out there that, uh, that EA was the one making star Wars games. And there wasn't really much, you know, of a Lucasarts presence at all, you know, especially like I said, to, uh, to just like kind of the mainstream public or whatever. So, um, Yeah, I guess the point I'm making here is that uh, when I saw this announcement, it was like, oh, okay, so like LucasArts has been around or whatever, but this is clearly like a new era, you know, in the same way that 2013, when they kind of, you know, dialed it way back and and really stopped being like an active developer, as far as I can tell, um, that was a new era. And, uh, you know, it seems like this is going to be the start of a new era as well, um, with a more active Lucasfilm games department or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think just like just having that umbrella, um, even though like we don't totally know what the what the role of it is um, of Lucasfilm Games in its like present iteration, um, because as we'll talk about in a little bit, they're s- still just licensing out um, yeah. properties to other developers. But the I think like what was weird about um the the past um seven years is like yeah, there was some remnants of Lucas Arts around, even though all like the development projects were pretty much cancelled um is it and it also just side note, like it's so weird and like sad <laughs> to me that the last uh Lucas Arts game. I believe, was, uh, like, a Star Wars Angry Birds game.
0: Yeah, Star Wars Angry Birds was the uh, the last, yeah, well, it was. It was the last LucasArts Lucas game.
1: game. That makes me, like, just so uncomfortable and sad. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, Star Wars 1313? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was being developed yep. uh, at the time they closed, and there was, I guess it's... Uh, a strong rumors that there were a couple of other Star Wars games being developed by LucasArts at the time too. But yeah, the last the last game that they actually, you know, released was uh was Star Wars Angry Birds.
1: Yeah. Um so <laughs> there was like just this like weird thing where it's like, yeah, EA develops all the Star Wars games now, except for the ones they don't. <laughs> um, because there was like some mobile stuff there's like the vr stuff um there's you know the lego games and all of that like which weren't developed by ea so it's like well you know ea is not exactly the star wars developer even though they're developing a lot of like the big um like console stuff but it, it was just kind of like this weird place where you're like what exactly is the deal with this like why how does EA have the the exclusive rights to Star Wars games? But like, there's also these other ones coming out and like the ports from like Asper to, um, you know, switch and PS4 and stuff. And there was like, so yeah, it was kind of just like weird. Um, and like, I don't think we ever fully understood it. And I think we understand the EA deal even less with Mm -hmm. uh, some of the upcoming announcements here. And, but, uh, yeah, I think now we just have this umbrella where it's like yeah, Lucasfilm games, like Lucasfilm properties are, you know, like being developed by um you know, external studios um and you know, things are old stuff's being ported by other studios. Um I don't know if there will ever be an in-house game developer um at Lucasfilm again, but yeah. It feels more possible now.
0: Yeah, uh yeah, it does feel more possible. I mean, I think like Disney's whole thing has been uh, and I don't know where it stands now, but I think Disney's whole thing for a long time now has been um that we we don't uh we're not particularly well equipped to make video games, you know what I mean? And our our best approach for for us as a company is to uh, license our properties to other developers to make games, you know, and um, and that's the that's the kind of the approach that we're going to take. Um, so, and, and I think that's why uh, LucasArts, um, you know, uh, really <laughs> reduced its scope and vision and number of employees and all that kind of stuff in, in 2013 is because, you know, they're now owned by Disney and Disney is like, well, yeah, we don't really do the video game thing anymore. Um, it's not worth it to us. Like it costs so much to have um development happening and all that, and uh you know we maybe aren't as good at making games as you know dedicated video game developers are anyway, so why don't we just uh license stuff out to them which mm-hmm. I don't know if that's uh you know the best approach or not um but um that that's kind of i think the angle that they've had on it so uh it would be interesting if um if they're kind of i mean it could be as a company they're starting to change their mind about that or it could be that um you know Lucasfilm Games won't develop their own games, but will just take a much more active uh, role in the whole licensing process. And, um, and and especially if it has to do with being a little more, uh, looking to work with more partners instead of just EA and the occasional, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, exception to that rule, you know what I mean? <laughs> and kind of too, um, you know, I think that's sort of the... Direction they were going in anyway, um, towards the end of the Lucas Arts run, you know, um, in the the kind of mid, aughts to, 2013 when, when the reduction or whatever you want to call it occurred, um, because like you know I was looking through the the history of Lucas Arts, uh, games and, you know, throughout their history they did you know publish games developed by other developers it wasn't like all you know just in house developed games, um. But the majority of them were, you know, uh, or a lot of times maybe they would have a development partner, but Lucas, uh, arts was still, you know, developing on those games as well. Um, and then sometimes they would just publish games from other developers too. But, uh, yeah, especially with the star Wars stuff, a lot of it was, you know, developed in house by Lucas arts. And then like mid two thousands seems like when the trend kind of started that, while LucasArts was still developing games, um, like The Force Unleashed, for instance, you know, which was a, a huge game, um, a lot of the big titles weren't developed, you know, primarily by LucasArts, like Knights of the Old Republic, uh, Republic, mm-hmm. and uh, the Battlefront games, which were big in the mid two thousands. Right, those weren't developed by yeah. by Lucas Arts and uh, and others too. So, um, I mean that that has been or that was, I guess, you know, a big part of kind of how they how they did things. Um, you know, even before kind of, you know, 2013 and Lego Star Wars too, you know, one of their biggest, uh, biggest franchises, I guess. So, um, yeah, so it might just be kind of returning to that sort of, that sort of thing, which would still, I mean, that would be great. (laughs) That would be, that would be really cool. And I think that's probably what it is, but, um, you know, that that's exciting because, uh, it'll, it'll, uh, lead to, more varied, you know, games and, and different possibilities that wouldn't have been there if they just stuck with the the EA exclusive thing.
1: Right, for sure. Um I w- I would love to see like kind of like what they were doing during that era where like the big LucasArts Arts game um in like in the aughts was um you know, the two uh Force Unleashed games. Those were like the you know, the main focus within um the company. And it would be cool if they, like, just had one team who was making, like, one Star Wars game at a time, like, within the company. And just because, like, you know, being able to collaborate with other parts of the company, like, easily. Like, you know, being able to collaborate with, like, the, you know, the animation division and, like, the, you know, the um the the art department and stuff like just just to kind of like be there and doing that um i think would be cool with like everything else being licensed but like just every like five years like you get like a pure undistilled lucasfilm games game
0: yeah yeah that'd be awesome that would that would for sure be cool yeah um Okay. So that, that's the, uh, that's the initial announcement there from Lucasfilm games on, uh, on Monday. Uh, and like you said, there wasn't a lot with it. Um, and so it was pretty, pretty, uh, up in the air, what that really meant. But then as soon as Tuesday, um, the yeah. next day, uh, we started to get a better idea of, of where things were headed when Bethesda, uh, announced um, publisher Bethesda and developer machine games which Ryan they do the Wolfenstein games is that right
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah another uh, series about hurting uh, Nazis
0: hurting Nazis that's right yes <laughs> um, that's their niche I guess uh, yep. <laughs> but but you played those games you played the new Wolfenstein game right mm-hmm. or games
1: they are fantastic and like and I am someone who's like not really into shooters at all anymore um i used to be when i was like younger um and i loved like the old pc shooters like doom and wolfenstein and dark forces and um all of those um but i don't really play shooters that that often um these days but i did finish uh both of the numbered wolfenstein games and they are fantastic they're like all like alternate alternative sci-fi um kind of things with uh really good writing and like just super creative um combat and settings and art and uh yeah and just uh just killing a lot of nazis (laughs) i hate those guys
0: yeah Um, yeah so that's cool I I have not played those uh, but I've heard really good things and um, so Bethesda does uh, Wolfenstein they also do the Doom games right but um, Machine Games is not the developer of the Doom games no they do Wolfenstein so Wolfenstein and Doom both originated with id software right like way back when Mm -hmm. Um, Bethesda bought id uh, but they have different developers that are doing Wolfenstein and the Doom series is what I'm I think I'm piecing together here yep Okay, very cool. Because um, those games are great too, right? Uh, very well received also. So yep. mm-hmm. uh, cool. Okay. So, well, what the announcement is, because I don't think we've actually said it yet, um, is that there is a new Indiana Jones game coming from uh, Bethesda, Machine Games, and then, uh, of course, Lucasfilm Games as well. Um, So uh, the announcement is as follows. A new Indiana Jones game with an original story is in development from our studio, Machine Games, and will be executive produced by Todd Howard in collaboration with Lucasfilm Games. It'll be some time before we have more to reveal, but we're very excited to share today's news. Um, And Lucasfilm's games added, the game will tell a wholly original standalone tale set at the height of the career of the famed adventurer. Um, And they even posted a little teaser trailer as well, Mm. which is kind of pans across Indiana Jones's desk and shows some of the, uh, you know, the classic Indiana Jones uh, accessories like uh, archaeology books and uh, maps and uh, I don't know, uh, a cup of coffee. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it totally uh, it has the indie, the indie music of course. And uh, yeah, just very exciting.
1: Yeah. Like it was like, I mean, I already knew what it was by the time I actually watched the like yeah. the video clip. Yeah. But um it's a, it's just a really cool teaser like it's one of those things that if like they hadn't announced anything and like this just like came on at like an E3 or something you'd you'd be like what what is this wait wait what yeah. <laughs> it would have been kind of like one of those moments um and uh yeah it's just it's just really cool cuz like by the time like the music like really kicked kind of kicks in because it's a really like subtle version of the theme and then like you see like the hat and the whip and stuff like you're like oh this this is awesome yeah i love this
0: yeah yeah really cool so very exciting and uh i don't know i mean kind of cool that the first thing they announce is is an indiana jones game because um you know of course i would have expected star wars would have been the first uh the first announcement um but then, of course, uh, just one day later, there was a Star Wars <laughs> announcement. So, um, yeah, it was an exciting uh, three days there, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Because, um, uh, yeah, the, the, next, uh, the next announcement um, kind of came after that. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess real quick, though, Ryan, I, I put these notes together and then sort of forgot my own notes because <laughs> there was another story here. Um, or did you add this one?
1: I added this one.
0: There, that's why I forgot it. Okay. Um well, let's talk about this then. There's some there's some uh potential information gleaned from this teaser trailer.
1: Mhm. Yeah. So basically, um some intrepid fans who um I I got to admit, I love uh I love the indie films and the indie universe, but I am definitely not as well versed in it as i am like star wars yeah Uh, so like there were apparently a ton of clues about what this game is going to be about in the teaser that uh i didn't pick up on any of them i was like oh a hat and a whip i know what this is yeah (laughs) yeah. of it um but yeah it uh it it sounds like the the game is going to take place at, like around 1937 um and it's uh uh at least partially going to take place in Rome um just based on like some of the some of the the maps and the plane mm. tickets and um and all of that in there so
0: okay cool um yeah i uh <laughs> I love the indie films as well um, and uh, watch, usually watch them probably like once a year, maybe almost, uh, maybe not quite that much, but, but close to. Um, yeah. So I, I love them as well, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't pick up on the, <laughs> the, the tiny details necessarily. Although I suppose that uh, the stuff kind of listed in that story is, is more to do with just like history and uh you know knowledge of the world than it is like anything like super specific uh indie lore i guess right like
1: but yeah yep so that's where it gets kind of like more embarrassing <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i don't think either one of us really tried to uh look at like particular documents on the desk and figure things out right mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you could have uh you could have pieced some of that together if you were if you were trying to go over it with a fine tooth comb like that ryan don't sell your don't sell yourself short um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, very exciting. And, uh, I don't know, have I ever played a Bethesda game, Ryan? Uh, Skyrim, is that Bethesda?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I played
0: like two hours of that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not really a, a a studio. Did you play uh,
1: People Within?
0: No. no. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't intentionally not play it or anything, but I, I didn't play it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of experience with that studio, but I'm still excited because, um, you know, I know that their reputation is, is strong and, um, yeah, just a new Indiana Jones game for sure. Yeah. should be cool. But what, what kind of like, uh, machine, machine games then are, what are you expecting from, from this game? Um, just based on what we know so far, like what kind of gameplay do you think, or, um, do you have thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. So, well, I think something also that we need to mention is that, uh, Todd Howard is involved in this, um, which he is um, the head of Bethesda Game Studios. So like Bethesda and um, they had, they did have a a parent company, ZeniMax, um, or I guess they still kind of do, but now they have a bigger parent company in Microsoft. Microsoft, Um, yeah. But uh, so... Bethesda Game Studios was the um the studio who does like Elder Scrolls and Fallout they do like kind of like the big tentpole games for the Bethesda brand um like the big RPGs that you know they take 10 years to make and then you can like play them for 10 years basically um those just giant giant open world games um and so Todd Howard is the um is the head of that studio um and so it sounds like he's working with um with machine games here which is uh there there isn't really a precedent for that like he he typically stays kind of in his lane um he doesn't really you know kind of get involved with the other Bethesda um the other Bethesda studios or the other studios under the Zenimax banner. So this is, um, this is interesting. And then um, basically it, it sounds like his um, involvement here is he's just a huge Indiana Jones fan. <laughs> like, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was kind of in, involved in like the, the business deal side of things um, yeah. for this um but then there's like also um people i've like kind of found um you know o- like r- older older interviews with him and stuff where um you can see like shelves in the background of his uh of his house with a bunch of like you know just indiana jones props and stuff um and and some star wars stuff as well um which is just interesting. So he's just like a big fan. Um I think he's uh you know, I think he's uh he's a cool dude. He's like super passionate. Um if like if you've ever seen like the Bethesda game showcases at um E3, E3. Like, he's one of the he's like just a guy out there like being so pumped talking about um his the games him and his team are working on and stuff. So he's just super passionate. He's been in the industry forever, um, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's involved in this game as well. Um, so basically, when going back to your original question of like, what is this game going to play like? You've got Machine Games, who does um, like the Wolfenstein games, which are like. Old school first person shooting act action, but with kind of like really, really modern storytelling techniques. And mm-hmm. then you have Todd Howard involved, who does first person giant open world RPGs with that have just like infinite possibilities and tons of choice. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> like if you mash those together, you would probably get a very terrible video game. (laughs) That is nothing like Indiana Jones. So I think the, it's going to be kind of everyone involved kind of, uh, you know, uh, stretching their wings, I guess, and trying something new because to me, when I think of like what a modern Indiana Jones game would be like, um, I think it would be like a, a third person adventure game. Like, I mean, you, you think of, um, uncharted. Yeah. I mean, you think of the, the games that were inspired by the Indiana Jones films. And, you know, in the, in the mid nineties, you had Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. which was, you know, it it was Indiana Jones, like those, uh, like the first Tomb Raider is like, you know, was arguably the best Indiana Jones game, um, at that time. Yeah. Uh, because it had the the adventure, the um a little bit of gunplay, a lot of like, you know, environmental hazards. It had some like supernatural stuff towards the end. Um and then, you know, that series has obviously been successful for Um, many years and a lot of different iterations and then when you know when the first Uncharted game came came around that was like a more kind of accessible and more polished Tomb Raider Um, and you know I mean even when when that when Uncharted was first revealed it was um, people referred to it as Dude Raider and (laughs) um, and you know and then eventually Uncharted kind of became its own thing like based on um pretty much because of like the technology and like the the storytelling um and just like visual fidelity and stuff so it kind of like became like its own prestige product that way but really at its core it's Indiana Jones. So I think the tricky thing is um you know what people and then you know by by extension like tomb raider started to kind of try to be a little bit like uncharted for better or worse Uh um so i think now having like an actual like big budget prestige indiana jones title coming into the picture like i i think it's going to be interesting how how do they differentiate from you know uncharted and tomb raider how how does this feel special and different and not just like you know um un- uncharted with a hat and a whip like yeah. how how do you make it feel different and i think that's going to be kind of kind of the challenge um in making in making this game stand out
0: yeah yeah um I'll tell you what, as somebody who hasn't played any of those games really, I'm just like as you're describing it, I'm like, huh, well, I mean, that sounds kinda good. You know what I mean? Just uh to sort of um to uh to take uh not not take an established like formula and just do that, you know what I mean? But if if those games that don't have like all the Indiana Jones uh accoutrement or whatever are like successful and fun and and really enjoyable, it's like, well, what if uh you know, what if you, you did something similar, um kind of like, you know, you're describing Ryan, but uh but with the uh the original source you know instead of uh an approximation um i think that sounds pretty cool but uh but also i can see where you know since you've played all those games you're like well i don't want to just play those games again i want it to be like a unique you know kind of original take on on that style of gameplay but um but, yeah, I mean, you know, so machine games they they do first person shooters, um right, or at least Wolfenstein is a first person shooter, and it's like, well, I don't really want an indiana jones uh first person shooter, right, so I'm sure it won't be that, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting uh i I can't wait to to find out more, um, I think you know earlier in the conversation you mentioned that uh that the the games that Todd Howard makes uh take a long long time to develop right uh-huh. um, and i think there was a reference to uh well we we won't have anything to share for for quite a while but uh just so you know we're doing this so yeah, yeah it'll probably it'll probably be a ways off before we we really learn more and definitely before we play the game huh
1: oh yeah yeah this is probably 5 years down the road before we're playing it wow okay i mean yeah. just like video games in general just take so long to develop anymore yeah. And uh and and this being Bethesda who um kind of famously um their games take a really really long time to make. I mean Skyrim came out in 2011 and that was Elder Scrolls 5 and we still don't have an Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah. Well, they've been working on that for uh 9 years now. So um which is, you know, it's a different beast, but um just kind of in general um video games of this caliber just take a long time to make.
0: And yeah. Yeah, well, and and uh, we, uh something new. We we've recently seen some examples of what happens when um uh studios don't take quite enough time sure. to uh, finish a game and release it, right? So we don't want to have that right, happen either. Right. Yeah. Cool.
1: But either uh, way, this is super exciting. To look forward to. I mean, it's it's kind of cool. Like so, so many of these like franchises that um you know were you know were around. Like there was like a time period you know in the in the the nineties and two thousands where we're we'd kind of get an Indiana Jones game every few years. Um, it might be in like you know a, a point and click adventure game or you know a third person action game or even the Lego games. Um, and then like that was just kind of one of those things that was just like gone. Like we just haven't seen Indiana Jones in like in, in video games for um, so long. So it was kind of like one of those things when um, earlier in the year, they announced that uh, there was going to be a new James Bond game. And it's like, wow, those used to like come out every year. And then it was like a decade with none. (laughs) And like, it's, you know, some of this stuff kind of coming back and having, you know just that like big budget approach to it um is uh is interesting and and cool
0: yeah and of course there's a, a new um Indiana Jones movie being made i think uh filming starting to film soon um yeah sometime this year so uh maybe maybe the game will launch you know uh in, in the vicinity of uh, a new movie coming out as well um although probably not i guess <laughs> yeah but, uh, it seems like movies get made a lot more quickly these days than than video games, actually. So, um, okay, well, let's uh, let's turn our attention toward the Star Wars game that was uh, kind of announced. Uh, I mean, it was announced, um, no real information uh, about it, I guess, like the Indiana Jones game. Um, but uh, this was announced, I think, in this Wired story, right? Like they had kind of the exclusive on it or something. I didn't really see. Um, an announcement from Lucasfilm so much as uh, just the story went up from Wired, which we'll link to in the show notes. Um, And it covers the Indiana Jones game, uh, which we obviously just got done talking about. So the other announcement within the story is the fact that uh, there is a new Star Wars open world game being developed. And it's being uh, developed by Massive, which um, you'll have to kind of fill me in on Massive too, Ryan, because mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming you know a little more about that than than I do. Um, so, I mean, that's like, I guess that's the story, that um, there's a new open world game coming from this developer, Massive. But the other part of that, like the, I don't want to say unstated, but the, the other major news there, <laughs> besides the fact that this studio is making this game, is that, they're not EA. And, uh, like we've, you know, we kind of mentioned earlier, but, um, until now, um, Star Wars games, unless it was like kind of a one-off or, a maybe a mobile game or something like Star Wars games were exclusively being made by, by EA. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting because it's, uh, it's, it's a new Star Wars game being announced, but almost as exciting because it's like indicating that, um, Well, not just indicating, I mean, Lucasfilm, you know, stated on the record here that uh, that EA will not be the only partner making Star Wars games anymore. So, um, yeah, that's that's a very big deal.
1: Yeah, yeah, it uh, (laughs) it's it's interesting. Um, Yeah, this one, this is a this is a tough one for me. (laughs) Okay. Um, so, do, do you, have
0: you played? Um, have you played some games from Massive? Have you played The Division two or The Crew or some of the games that they've made?
1: Um, no, okay. I have not. So, and that's because uh, you know I'm I'm looking at the list of games that Massive has developed, and they are kind of exclusively things that do not interest me at all. Okay. So, um. Yeah, I think they massive started um in the uh like late 90s and the first um their first published game was called ground control and it was a uh, real-time strategy game on pc um published by uh sierra um kind of at like the kind of the kind of the at the sort of end of sierra's um heyday um who were
0: well, a, big... a lot a lot of the words you just said sound like things that you would be interested in right
1: uh yes and no um but yeah this was kind of like you know sierra was a big uh point and click adventure studio um uh-huh. on PC for for many years like throughout the 80s and 90s um and then you know they were also a publisher but then like you know they kind of started um their influence started waning um as the years went on and they were kind of just like just like a publisher and they weren't really making kind of like their bread and butter games anymore um and just kind of became like a brand
2: uh-huh.
1: um, and so yeah there's this game ground control um And this is, like, year 2000, and there was just such, like, um, you know, I was, like, I was big into playing games on PC in, like, the late 90s, um, and then, like, uh, you know, then I started kind of getting just, like, more into, like, console stuff by, um, the, by the early 2000s, and, um, Real-time strategy games aren't like 100% my jam. Like I like the Warcraft games, um those the old Warcraft RTSs, um but yeah, most most of the time I find these games like too too complicated. So, and there were just so many and like just looking at, you know, ground control, it just looks kind of generic.
2: Yeah. Um
1: it just looks like a video game. <laughs> like it looks like, yeah it looks like a video game um and so yeah i never never checked this out um i and then like they then they made like another sierra published um looks like real real time strategy game called world in conflict and that is like the the cover is even less appealing <laughs> to me i don't know if you if you're looking at the looking at any of these john um
0: uh, yeah no i'm seeing their their list of developed games but i'm not i haven't clicked on any of the games specifically
1: World in conflict uh co- just so you can see the cover
0: <laughs> yeah okay yeah it looks like a uh, jason statham movie or something um on the cover there i guess yeah yeah, yeah. And not
1: even like a good jason statham movie um yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah so like yeah this stuff like just doesn't appeal to me um it looks like it
0: was all uh all pc rts games from 2000 to 2009 so that's like the first 10 years there pretty much is like all uh, pc rts um well and then so then after that is assassin's creed revelations what do you know about that game uh
1: nothing (laughs)
0: okay okay well Um, do you play Assassin's creed games at all or no
1: i've played like two or three of them um okay I played like two, and I really liked that one because um, it, it felt kind of like Prince of Persia. Um, okay. But then, like the the games have just gotten like bigger and bigger, and um, all this other stuff. So, um, yeah, no, I don't really don't really play those. Um, they worked on a on a mobile just dance game, uh, which yeah, which is probably the most appealing game to me in this list, honestly. Um, oh, to
0: me too. Until we get to the TBA.
1: Oh well, yeah, um <laughs> they worked on these uh Tom Clancy division games, uh-huh. um, and so what I know about these games is they were supposed to be um like the kind of like games as a service games, so like they were basically Tom Clancy's destiny, so it was like the type of game that you just like you know do missions and build up your character um over and over again um kind of thing and uh it's like co-op online um etc and uh yeah they 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 really kind of tried to do the the destiny thing um which uh is just like the games as a service like the action like the shooter RPG online game thing. Um, you know, that's obviously Destiny was massively successful. And a lot of people have tried that. And really Destiny is the only one that really got it right. Mm. Um because a lot of these uh these games just haven't really haven't really worked out. Um and you know kept the kept the player base and stuff. And uh yeah, I don't know. And like I I have just like a natural aversion to like Tom Clancy's stuff um Mm. in general just like the um the the world view and the politics of it um is is kind of a huge turn off to me um you know despite like i know like a lot of these games are like really well made um and like really good at what they are that just it holds very little appeal to me um so yeah then uh then we kind of get to their uh they're tbas and there's Mm -hmm. there's two there's Mm -hmm. the star wars game which we just talked about and also untitled avatar game (laughs) (laughs) uh you know our generation star wars
0: yes yes very much yeah um no yeah i don't know anything about that um I, i i did have to uh i did i did yeah i laughed when i saw that um in addition to this Untitled Star Wars game they're doing an untitled Avatar game like wow um that's exciting. So that's that's uh that's going to be their their next game I guess. Um which was announced in in March of 2017. So you know, on the topic of video games taking forever to make
1: um, and <laughs> yeah, movies taking forever to make.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, but thankfully when we when when we do get a new Avatar movie we'll get like seven within a two year span or something, I think it's a plan. Right. So, um, sure. yeah. Um, no, but anyway, so yeah, uh, I, well, but they released the division two in 2019. So I guess, you know, um, they were probably working on that when they announced the avatar game. And, um, it looks like they're a pretty massive studio now. Um, I'm seeing that they have like over 600 employees. So, um, yeah, they're probably developing more than one game at a time for sure. Obviously. um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it is interesting that they're doing a, a big budget, uh, you know, licensed game. Um, that's what they're working on now. Uh, so, you know, potentially Lucasfilm games, I'm sure would have seen maybe what they were working on and, you know, maybe was felt like it was looking good or, you know what I mean? That, uh, that they could handle that, you know? Um, cause as much as I would laugh and be like, oh yeah, avatar, cool. Like, um, you know, who's asking for an avatar game? Um you know, it is a licensed game for a big Mm -hmm. franchise and, uh, and they've been working on it for a while. So if Lucasfilm games is like, let's work with you on a star Wars game, then, um, you know, there must be something to that, right? Like there must be, they must be having some level of success from it or, you know, they, they, they must have, um, proven to a degree, at least that they can kind of do a good job with that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, despite the, um, the woes of, you know, the division, the division two not being able to like hold a player base required for, um, you know, a successful, um, you know, online action RPG. Um, that's, you know, a game as a service, like a game that you're supposed to play for like years. And it's always kind of like expanding. Um, I think the, those games are like, undeniably technically impressive um like just if you if you look at like some screenshots or watch like a quick video of like division two like it is an incredible looking game um it just it's just really really technically impressive but what's interesting about this is they're so like you would you would think that maybe this would be the studio you'd you'd hire to do like the um you know the star wars destiny basically you you'd think like okay well maybe we can't you know we, we're not gonna get Bungie to do this but you know what if we got like the the next best thing or like a studio that has experience with this type of game and because like you would think like A Star Wars Destiny type game could probably work, Um, and it kind of feels like one of those like no brainer type games. But um, that's not what this is. Um, This is going to be a an open world Star Wars game. So I don't know what are what are your thoughts on like what what do you think this is going to be
0: uh yeah i don't know um i I really don't know like to be honest with you um when i hear open world star wars game it's like equal parts excitement and uh concern um i I mean i I, you know like i'm excited for the game like i'm excited for the idea um when i saw the announcement i was like oh cool that that sounds really you know could be really awesome Mm
2: -hmm. um
0: but in in and I don't play, like, I like video games, you know, and I follow video games, but I, uh, I, I'm i kind of a, I don't know, um, picky about what I play, and I don't have that much time to play that, you know, that many games. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't know that much about open world, you know, video games and whatever, but um, I, I do get the impression, and my favorite video game of all time, Ryan, is an open world video game, which is uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So... Um, you know, that's exciting. And and the things that I loved about breath of the wild, if that was, you know, part of um, this game, uh, wow, that'd be really cool to, to take that kind of gameplay and, and, and mix it with star Wars. Um, but that being said, like it kind of also, uh, what I hear about open world games, um, a lot and what I, I know some people are concerned about with open world games is that a lot of times it's like big empty areas and a lot of it doesn't feel, um, like it's open just to be open kind of thing and uh, maybe there's not that much interesting things being done with uh with with the open world kind of environments or um the things that you're doing in this in these big open worlds are kind of repetitive so um yeah i don't know um i guess like i <laughs> i started off by saying i don't have that much time to play a lot of games and i don't play that many games um so the idea of just an enormous star wars game that's like enormous to be enormous but wouldn't necessarily have that much like, ex- I, I don't know. I, I would prefer probably a tighter, more kind of focused experience that was 15 hours long to an open world game that's like 100 hours long. But, you know, um, gameplay wise is not necessarily that novel or uh, or kind of like unique, you know what I mean? Um, so that, that's, I guess, kind of my thought. Like, hey, taking Star Wars and, and doing open world could be really cool. Um, but I hope it's inspired open world and not like kind of paint by numbers open world.
1: Yep. Yep. Cause I think that's the thing with, um, you know, a lot of criticism of open world games is, you know, did this game really need to be an open world game? Like what, you know, what is the, you know, does, does it work as an open world game? And I think like Breath of the Wild is, um, one of the best examples of like, you know, that works as an open world game, like it's the entire game is like built on exploring a world. Um, And, you know, every, every mechanic kind of like feeds into that. But, um, you know, if you're, if you're playing an open world game, and it's, you know, it's just a bunch of like running between like open spaces, or like, I think one of like the biggest problems with open world games is like how do you tell a story um when you you know you you can't really funnel players in the same way and they can just go kind of do whatever they want and it's like well do you put effort into the story or do you just like not even care about the story and just let players just run amok or like wh- how do you balance these things? And I think like breath of the wild does that really well because it tells a very minimalist story. Yeah. Um, that works. So it's like you, and you also just kind of like discover things about the world just by discovering parts of the world. And so like the, the environment tells a lot of story as well. So, um, yeah. And I think that's something that's really hard to get right. Um, Mm -hmm in in these types of games and i think um you know uh then when it comes to like ubisoft like you know they ubisoft released um like three open world games within a span of like two months this year and um and i didn't play any of them but i did see some of the chatter um that was like you know because they released uh a Watchdogs game, an Assassin's Creed games, and then um that Immortals Phoenix Rising game. Mm. And um and I think for like the first two, there was a lot of chatter of like I'm people just being exhausted by like the Ubisoft uh, open world formula. Um, okay. and people like just okay, I played this for 10 hours and there's eight thousand things for me to do on my map and I don't really want to do any of it. And yeah. people were just like kind of dropping off those games a lot. But then um I I think the buzz for Immortals Phoenix Rising was a little better. Um mm-hmm. more more people seem to like that one and I do know it borrowed a lot of mechanics um or like interpreted a lot of mechanics from Breath of the Wild to um to that setting.
0: And yeah, a lot of, a lot of what I heard about that game was like um it's good and also it's very clearly like trying to do the Breath of the Wild thing, you know, which Yeah. I mean, hey, great if 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 they do it well, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so like what's what's interesting because that was done by a different Ubisoft studio that's not massive, but uh, obviously there's you know <laughs> there there is like a part of you know within the walls of ubisoft there's like definitely some you know there's some breath of the wild love and talk there so i don't know if that will extend to this game um and i think what and it's really it's really kind of hard to think of like what you know what what this is going to be because um there's another ubisoft open world game coming out in a few months and that is far cry 6 and far cry the far cry series has um again not really something i play just something i just know about um because other people play it um that's become like a first person shooter open world game and um the next one the villain is uh Giancarlo Esposito which is just interesting um and a Star Wars connection there but um but yeah that's like that's an open world first person shooter but the thing but in those games you're still kind of just doing the same things of like going to points on your map and like clearing out a bunch of enemies or climbing a tower or whatever you kind of do in those games Um, and I'm, you know, I've also seen people say that that's, uh, that formula has like gotten kind of stale too. And like, even just, you know, taking, like taking Assassin's Creed, putting it in first person and adding a gun is, you know, also like it, it kind of goes with that Ubisoft house style that people just seem to be really exhausted by. So yeah. That's, it's just, it's just really hard for me to kind of get excited about this one, because, like, I, I feel like, you know, there's so many of these games that if this was a type of game, if if I was, like, a fan of the Ubisoft house style, like, I'd be playing them, because <laughs> I have plenty to choose from, Um but they just, that that stuff just doesn't really interest me, so i don't i don't know i don't really know what to expect from this but it's uh it's it's not my top top choice for um developer making a star wars game i'll just say that
0: yeah yeah i'm of two minds because um you know on the one hand it's like well there's you know probably plenty of games that i wouldn't necessarily choose to play or be that excited about but if you put a a well-done Star Wars coat of paint on it, you know, I might be um, considerably more interested, I guess you'd say.
2: Yeah, Uh, Battlefront.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And and Battlefront's not a game that I've played a ton of, you know, but I certainly got enough, like, enjoyment out of it that, you know, um, if I could go back to when it was announced and, you know, know what it was going to be, I guess, or whatever, it's like, yeah, I'm excited about this. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be... it's, it's going to be something I'm into, you know, not, not necessarily super into, you know, but I'll be into it. Um, the nice thing about battlefront is obviously it's pretty like pick up and play, like they have arcade modes and even like the main, you know, mode of the game is just going on like online, you know, um, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know if arcade is the right word, but, uh, you know, um, that sort of thing, whereas a, a more story driven or kind of like big expansive open world game is, uh, it's not quite that, you know what I mean? Like if you're not, I don't know. Um you kind of have to get invested in a game like that, I think, right? So uh yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I um, mean, we still we know so little about it, I guess you'd say. So uh there's there's a lot to uh a lot to find out and we'll we'll of course uh kind of watch it as it uh as it develops and and kind of see um you know where it goes, but uh well, why don't we talk about the other part of the story um which is not the game itself, but the fact that uh the EA is no longer the uh the exclusive kind of star wars developer. I mean, even if this first game, this uh this open world game from from Massive Entertainment is not you know necessarily the first thing we would have been asking for, um I'm pretty excited about the fact that uh that EA will just be one of many developers that get to do Star Wars now instead of, you know, the only developer that gets to do Star Wars. Um yeah, and and it's not even like I'm not even uh, you know, kind of coming to the end of this exclusive era of, uh, of EA Star Wars games. Like, I'm not even looking at it like, oh man, what a failure that was. And, you know, um, really that disappointed in it because I like, I I had fun with both of the Battlefront games. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I enjoy Star Wars Squadrons, you know, um, I liked Jedi Fallen Order, I think, uh, quite a bit actually, you know? So, um, yeah, it was, it was, like fairly successful, you know, I think, but at the same time, it's just like the, the possibilities of, you know, opening it up to many developers or any developer is just really exciting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you. Like I, overall, I liked all of the EA Star Wars games, um, to, to some degree. I don't, you know, I I bought all of them. I, there's not a single one where i'm like uh i i wasted my money on that um so yeah i like them overall the the part that was kind of feeling like a bummer to me was like once we got battlefront and jedi fallen order and squadrons then it it kind of felt like well those are at at least Battlefront and um, Jedi Fallen Order, it's like, well, those are those are the pillars of EA Star Wars. Like, now we're just going to get sequels to those games. Um, you know, following just how successful both of those were, and um, you know, Squadron Squadrons was a nice surprise, but it just kind of like, you know, kind of where I was at in my in my headspace prior to these announcements is like, well, we'll probably get a Battlefront three n- next year, and then the year after that, Jedi Fallen Order, and then Battlefront four, and like you know, just that kind of like ad nauseum, mm-hmm. um, and that that kind of seemed like the the future. Just knowing how long it takes to make games, and you know, when something's successful, uh, <laughs> you know, companies just stick with it. These days, so um, it it kind of felt like we weren't going to get many other types of Star Wars games. Um, But by kind of opening up the gates and making it so that EA is no longer the um, the sole developer of AAA console Star Wars games, now what's exciting is the opportunity for different types of star wars games and that's that's what i'm most excited about because i'm because like is a good developer like they make good games not uh, most of their games don't interest me um kind of in the same way like ubisoft is a great developer uh most of their games don't interest me um but yeah but now we can have more great developers doing um different things and that's that's what's exciting
0: yeah, and and I have to say from the perspective of a Nintendo Switch first kind of, you know, video game player, um it, it's cool to hear that EA won't be the exclusive developer because EA uh mostly snubs the uh the Nintendo Switch, you know. So uh glad to hear <laughs> from that angle that with some other developers are going to be making Star Wars games. Um, um I do think like a lot of times with Star Wars it's like uh, you know, because Star Wars is such a a big and kind of, um, I don't know, high production value type thing just in general that, uh, that, that star Wars video games tend to to go towards, you know, more towards uh, pushing technological limits and stuff like that. So, um, you know, that's a little bit of a problem for, for switch, uh, Nintendo switch uh, video games or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, for sure we'll get more star Wars stuff, um, to To the Switch, uh, with other developers being involved, and you know, if anybody's just, like following video game console sales over the last couple of years, you know the Switch is uh, definitely the most popular console right now, and has been for a while. So uh, even though it doesn't have the horsepower to do like the most technologically advanced uh, uh, games or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it, it is kind of weird that it's been largely ignored as far as Star Wars goes, um, yeah. you know. But uh, again, like EA. They don't do Nintendo stuff, uh, I mean they do, but they do like the minimum, um but they can on Nintendo uh, for whatever reason, so um yeah, hopefully maybe we'll get some more Nintendo support for Star Wars games uh, going forward too
1: and that I mean and that would be um one of the like promising things about um Ubisoft making a Star Wars game um is that Ubisoft does typically support Nintendo platforms. Yeah. um, Definitely more than EA. Um, Obviously not all of their games uh, end up on Nintendo platforms, but, um, you know, they did release Immortals Phoenix Rising um, on the Nintendo Switch right right alongside, like, you know, PS5 and Xbox Series X. And I think there was, like, PS4 and regular Xbox versions as well. Um, but they did release an open world game on Nintendo switch, and from what I heard, like it's very blurry <laughs> but um but and it's like half it's like half the frame rate as the new consoles um but it uh it's functional, yeah, it exists, and then you think it like if um you know hopefully. Within the next year, um, Nintendo will be revealing like a more a more powerful switch console, Um, then I think it's very likely that this, uh, you know, with the with with the extra horsepower of a new console revision, um, if it's significant, like, it's very likely Ubisoft will bring that uh, that open world game to to switch.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I wasn't even really necessarily thinking about that, but yeah, I, it probably does. It does make sense. Um, you know, my kind of thought was more just like, hey, with with uh, you know, more diversity of developers and publishers making Star Wars games, like some of them will make games that don't, you know, necessarily require like smaller games that don't necessarily require you know the the power, I guess you'd say. I don't know if that's accurate or not, or just wishful thinking on my part, but, uh, you know, maybe this is a good time to kind of transition into the uh, the other part of what we wanted to talk about here, which is just what we'd like to see going forward um, from Lucasfilm games and, and Star Wars video games, um, because, you know, kind of one of the first things that I, really the primary thing that I'm hopeful for, or would like to see, is just a lot more diversity in the types of games that get made, uh, Star Wars games that get made. And I don't just mean like, I mean, I do I do mean like in terms of gameplay styles, you know, because um, we've had, well, I mean, from EA, we've had three different types of games, I guess you'd say. We've had first-person shooter in the Battlefront games. We've had a kind of third-person uh, action game in uh action-adventure game, I guess you'd say, in, uh, in Jedi Fallen Order. And then, of course, we had the, the um uh, space shooter i don't know what do you call that uh a a vehicle flight shooter flight i don't know what's the genre
1: flight sim i guess space e- flight sim yeah or yeah arcade style space w- flight sim <laughs> with
0: lasers yeah yeah um yeah in star wars squadron so we have had a few different types of games but they're all i mean maybe not quite so much with squadrons but it's all like big triple a kind of you know um yeah just big video game mm-hmm. and uh one of the things that i would like to see from you know lucasfilm games and star wars you know kind of game development or whatever uh going forward is just more small not even small but just uh, not everything having to be this like you know giant budget huge like triple a mm-hmm. kind of game you know I'd i'd rather i would like to see some smaller and medium-sized games and things that maybe don't take five years to develop and don't have like always like the best you know most cutting-edge graphics but maybe um yeah smaller games i'd love to see some 2d games you know what i mean some some uh i don't know some more kind of retro style games or just even you know something like ori and the blind forest uh you know i mean maybe not quite the same gameplay as, as a game like that but And and those games have great graphics too, and they're they're big budget games. But you know, it's not the same thing as like a Jedi Fallen Order or whatever, right? Like, I would just like to see more varied types of gameplay styles and gameplay or game development budgets, and you know, Mm -hmm. gameplay presentation, like every just just variety. And I feel like with studios like EA and Ubisoft, not that they don't ever make different kinds of games because they do, but primarily it's like we're one of the you know, we're, we are some of the triple A video game studios and we make big budget, big video games, you know? Uh, and I just think that when Star Wars games are only made by studios like that, then there's a lot, you know, kind of being left on the table. That's not being explored.
1: Yep. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk some of the specifics of like what, um, what kind of games, what are like our Star Wars dream games like and we can i think some are going to be more realistic than others Uh Um, and but you know like now that the the gates are open um what uh what's like one example of a star wars game you would like to see um and who would who would make it
0: Okay, well, um, one example for me is a like I was just kind of mentioning is a sort of a a two D uh, kind of side scrolling probably style uh, Star Wars game. So more in the vein of like a Super Star Wars or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Ryan, you know, uh, of course, but uh, I don't, you know some of our listeners maybe don't follow video games quite as closely. Um, there is a, a game studio, an American game studio called Way Forward. And uh, they make a lot of games. They have a series called Shantae, uh, the Shantae games, which are 2D kind of side-scrolling uh, games. If you have Apple Arcade, one of their Shantae games, the first section of it is on Apple Arcade. You can check out. But uh, so they do, it, it, and and the the people who run that studio were, uh, I, I believe, they went to school like as animation students. And uh, yeah, so there's there's just a, an emphasis from that studio on like hand-drawn. Uh, kind of graphics or 2D, you know, pixel style graphics, that kind of thing. Um lots of side scrolling games, but also in addition to that, they have a great track record with doing licensed games um mm-hmm. but on a smaller scale, like a smaller budget, like this more, you know, kind of uh like I said, like you know, sort of retro or throwback style gameplay, 2D gameplay, that kind of thing. And uh they've done a bunch of like well-regarded um Licensed games like that. They did a game for the Tom Cruise Mummy movie, which um, was yeah. much more successful, I think, than the movie itself. Yeah. Um, called the Mummy Demastered, I believe that's what it was called. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: And that game was really good. They did an Alien game for the. It was either the DS or the. It DS. was the DS. Yeah, yeah. The DS. They did that game. Um, they did the remake of the Ducktales game, which I actually didn't like that much. But um really? Uh-huh. You I, did? Ah, yeah, oh, I, I didn't know. Well, yeah, I mean I love the original DuckTales game yeah. on on the NES, but uh it was um I mean it wasn't bad. It was it was very well done. It looked really good and uh the gameplay pretty closely matched what it was on the NES. It was it was good quality, but it was like I played it and I was like, man, I would never want to play that instead of just playing like the 2D DuckTales game. That's um, true.
1: That's true, yeah.
0: Yeah, but but I think like overall it was super well received and people really liked it and it was a big yeah. success. So, um Yeah. Anyway, I I like that studio. I mean, I haven't played all of their games, but um, I like the style of game that they make. And I think it's really, you know, impressive too, that that they've made, you know, strong, like good quality licensed games, and they can do that with a pretty small budget. And that's exactly the kind of thing that I would love to see Lucasfilm Games explore is like I said before, not every game having to have a huge budget and be this cutting edge thing. And instead like, you know, maybe some more small, um, star Wars games. And so way forward be a, a good example of that. I mean, there's obviously lots of other studios that could do that kind of thing too. Um, and, and you could have like flying games, you could have, you know, more traditional like platforming action games. Like there's a lot of things that could be explored. Um, with that kind of, you know, developer and development. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's the, that's the number one thing that I want to see.
1: Yeah. Um, just kind of thinking like you, you mentioned there's other studios who could do, who could do that sort of thing as well. Kind of like the, you know, throwback, like 16 bit style, yeah. um, game, um, yacht club games who made oh Shovel Knight. <laughs> um, that would be really cool, which are X way forward employees. Um, yeah. The other one I was thinking is Inti Creates. Who, oh yeah. Um you know they've most recently done like the um the the old school Castlevania style uh bloodstained game, mm-hmm. Um but they've also done like Mega Man games and stuff like that. Um which I think they would be like a a really cool pick for something like this as well.
0: And they're a Japanese developer too, which would be uh Something I think both of us would like to see is a Japanese-developed uh, Star Wars game, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so what's uh, what's what's um, one of the the games or, or developers you'd like to see, Ryan?
1: So um, I'm I'm going to I, I have two here, or well, two point five. Okay, <laughs> um, all right. That I want to see, um, and I'm just going to go from like most realistic, probably going to happen to like this is the game made it is just for me that won't happen um okay. i'm gonna start with the most realistic one um and that is just just another uh star wars rpg um we you know that is a genre that uh star wars has not spent much time in um but is also the arguably the best received star wars games are the two rpgs the two knights of the old republic games um and yeah i mean there's the mmo as well but that's kind of like its own separate thing but like just just like uh you know just a classic style just rpg with you know just rpg systems and character progression but also um you know just a lot of a lot a lot of story a lot of player choice um a lot of lore um you know just just that sort of thing um and it doesn't have to be like you know old republic or um you know it could be like any era of of star wars like i just i just want like an you know like just a a a classic style rpg um whether and you know I'm I'm not even like really that picky about this um like it could be you know a um you know like a 90s 2000s uh like PC like CRPG um type of thing like the like the KOTOR games were um or you know it could be uh more more modern rpg like a like a skyrim type thing um or you know it would also be cool um to get a like a japanese style rpg but i that just seems wild but um no i think i just want something with rpg systems and you know that kind of character progression and um you know a player choice um to you know how so that you can just to kind of like be able to have your own story um so like i would i would want like you know create a character mode not to be just like following um you know one specific protagonist like i want to be able to you know create a character and just you know tell tell your own epic star wars story um and i think that will probably happen i think we'll probably get a game like that
0: yeah, yeah. Um probably take a while, but uh but yeah, that that seems pretty likely. Uh so yeah, next uh next next thing, I guess the other kind of idea that I had um is pretty far fetched, you know, Ryan. So you were saying you were gonna go from most likely to kind of less likely. I think this one is um super unlikely. But uh there is a developer called Fulbright Games, which has made uh, a couple of uh kind of like story-driven um what do you call what's the what's the name of that genre like
1: the kind of derogatory term is walking walking simulator simulator.
0: (laughs) but it's kind of like a point and click adventure type game sort of right i mean
1: like an exploration it's like environmental storytelling um Mm -hmm. like you know you're you're learning a story by walking around and looking at things and reading things. Man. yeah yeah
0: yeah and so this this developer they made a game called um gone home which which i really loved i know you loved it as well oh. uh their follow-up game was tacoma i have not played that
1: oh it's it's awesome
0: okay yeah i should get that because i haven't I, I just got an it. xbox one so i didn't really have a platform to play it on for a while there i don't think it's on ps4 is it i think it's ps i think it's pc and xbox only
1: Maybe. I think it I I don't yeah, I actually it
0: came to like, PS4 I, later on, maybe.
1: Maybe I, I played it on Xbox um, okay. around when it came out. So
0: yeah. I know when it came out like I was gonna play it because I loved Gone Home, but then I didn't have a platform to play it on at the time anyway. So um I should go back and play that. But Gone Home, um, like you said, is super story driven. It's just like about this girl who's home for the weekend from college and when she comes home her family's not there and um you kind of learn. Like her story and her family story, um, as you you know, kind of walk through this house and, like you said, read things and, <laughs> and just experience the story through the gameplay. Um, and I am not really a story person when it comes to video games. Like for the most part, um, al- almost to the point of of being obnoxious about it. Like I just don't like even care about the story in video games very much at all mm-hmm. um I, I mentioned that breath of the wild is like my favorite game but if you ask me to summarize the story of breath of the wild for you like i would have trouble doing it um <laughs> and uh i'm playing this game right now which is like a quasi it's not a sequel but it's like a spinoff of breath of the wild mm-hmm. and uh it kind of fills in the story of breath of the wild and stuff and like i'm loving this game but i barely know what's going on in the story in this game too so um i don't know i i just uh I'm not like a story story first person in video games. And uh, I, I say that because, um, or I bring that up here because the Fulbright games or Gone Home is such a story driven game, but it's like the kind of story dr- driven game that um, th- the the point of the game is story, you know what I mean? And so I, I, I uh, yeah, it really appealed to me, even though I'm the kind of person that's not into that kind of. I'm just not, I, I don't, uh, prioritize story in video games and yet I loved this game. And so, um, I know that a lot of, you know, Star Wars fans really look for, you know, compelling Star Wars stories in their Star Wars video games. And, um, to me, like this kind of game could be, uh, or would just be really interesting. And I don't know exactly what it would look like, um, or if it would be successful or how it would be successful, but, mm-hmm. um, But I like the idea of of just exploring a Star Wars universe and world and story in this kind of way, Um, rather than trying to be like, you know, rather than doing the typical like, hey, this is like a really fun, you know, kind of action heavy video game, but also we're going to include a compelling story in that. And I don't mean to like be derogatory or, or like negative about the the stories in Star Wars games that I've played. Cause like for instance, Jedi Fallen Order, I enjoyed the story, you know, like I liked it. It was good. But like the thing that made me want to play that game was not the story. The thing that made me want to play the game was like the actual gameplay ex- experience. You know what I mean? And and the story was good. Um and same thing in Battlefront too, like the 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 single player like story, you know, element of that game, uh, I loved it. I thought it was really good. And I thought the story was really good. And the Luke Skywalker level particularly like I completely love, you know? So I don't mean to say that, like, the stories in Star Wars games have not been good, but they're just never the thing that, like, makes me want to play the game. Um, But if Fulbright did a Star Wars game, it would be the thing that makes me want to play the game, you know? So I think that would be interesting.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, And I'm going to just kind of build off um, your... uh, that example, because that is definitely a game I would like to play. And I'm also, like... I'm... I'm weird about video game stories like I'm it, they're so hit or miss for me because um, I think like in some ways just the you know just I think there's like a, a fundamental flaw in just the way a lot of video game stories are told where you go from playing and then you're like just put into a cutscene and then it's, like, you're you're kind of watching, like, this, especially now with a, a lot of video games, like, you're just kind of watching this, like, weird movie <laughs> um, that's, like, kind of <laughs> like a movie, but it's, like, kind of like a cartoon, but it's, like, kind of like a, you know, CG tech demo <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and, you know, obviously that tech has gotten crazy and, like, there's motion capture and all this stuff now, but... There's still just such like a weird disconnect when that when that happens, when all of us you're like playing something and then you're just then suddenly you don't have control anymore and you're just like watching something like I don't know. I think there's just something fundamentally weird about that. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of video game stories kind of just don't work for me in uh in in that same sort of way um and yeah I think like I once was kind of more more tolerant to that like in in the 90s and stuff like I used to play like tons of like you know like PlayStation 1 RPGs where for those like a lot of time you'd you know you'd play you'd explore a dungeon and stuff and then like you just have then suddenly you just have text boxes and like talking heads for like the next like 15 minutes. And um, I don't know, like I could always, always kind of get behind that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know, like, I guess I don't like fundamentally dislike video game stories, but like sometimes they do feel like they kind of get in the way of like what I actually want to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So my, so that makes my next pick uh, maybe a little a uh, little off brand which you know because again like we love star wars stories um in you know kind of whatever medium and that can include video games um i i would like to see a star wars visual novel and um you know visual novels are a genre that have been really popular in japan for um for a really long time and they kind of existed in a different form here in like the the 80s with like text adventures um on pc um but you know like a you know kind of like what we think of as like a modern visual novel is something we don't really see on consoles Um, it's more kind of on PCs and handhelds, um, because we, we start getting a lot of them on, um, you know, 3DS, PS Vita, and, um, now, now on Switch, there's just, there's a ton of visual novels, but also on like PC platforms like Steam. Um, but yeah, like basically, um, you know, I was talking about the RPG, that I wanted. And a big thing I want out of um, I'd want out of the RPG would be just, you know, player choice and in a, in ability to tell your own star Wars story. And yeah, like that's, you know, that's a big ambitious undertaking um, in, um, you know, in a giant open world RPG or whatever. Um, but if we kind of like scaled back and just like took out the RPG stuff and just focused on being able to kind of tell your own star Wars story, I think a visual novel would be a great way to do that. Um, And so like, you know, visual novel, you're basically just reading Um, the, the games are essentially like, you know, like the choose your own adventure books from when we were kids um, Mm -hmm. where, you just like you read you read and then you need to make a choice and it can be like a choice of an action or you know a dialogue choice and depending on your choice like the reaction you get back is going to be different um and which makes visual novels like they they do tell you know like a a linear story but how you react to the story and like how you the your character, you know, you kind of define them by the choices you make um, through, you know, dialogue and and stuff. Like, are you are you going to be kind and helpful? Are you going to be a dick? Like, wh- and that's I think what's really cool about visual novels. Um, and everyone has kind of like a different experience with them because um, paths diverge based on your choices. So, um, you know, where where you start where everyone starts is not where everyone ends, um, in, you know, in a lot of games in the genre. So, um, kind of a recent example of those games that I've been enjoying, um, are the vampire, the masquerade, uh, visual novels that have, uh, there was one, I think two years ago and one last year. Um, I, the first one I played, um, I played on Steam on my PC. And then the second one um, I bought on Switch. And I I found Switch to be just like a really nice way to play it because um, I could just play in portable mode and it was just like, you know, playing a book. Like I would just sit down like I was reading a book and but like, you know, playing through um, this like, you know, weird goth vampire story. Um, and yeah, I, I really had fun, um, with both of those games. And I think that's, again, talking about stuff that's very doable on switch, um, that would be a genre that I think would be really cool to kind of explore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, kind of similarly to what I was saying about the, the Fulbright, you know, style game. Um, it, it, you know, it would be it would be cool to uh to, to play a Star Wars game where story was kind of like the point and also the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that'd be really cool, too. Yeah, I'd be into that. And I don't I don't know that I've ever really played a visual novel game, um, but uh, Star Wars is probably the thing that could get me to do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Ryan, you had a one more um, kind of uh, a game idea listed here, which I think is pretty interesting. So, um, why don't you to talk about that uh, Capcom Sith Temple game you're you're envisioning?
1: <laughs> this is my dream Star Wars game. Okay, so um, this is the one that's never going to happen, but right. I want the most. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I you know pro, one of my top three sometimes my top sometimes it changes my top three favorite video game series of all time is resident evil um i you know the series has definitely had some ups and downs but when i think about what i really love about resident evil is just you know exploring like really exploring like a limited environment um you know, always kind of feeling threatened and unsafe, and really, you know, uh, enjoying the, um, you know, that just constant tension, and then just always feeling like so so grateful when you when that tension's released when you find like a safe room or something. Um, I think that's just such like a, um, you know, just just the feeling of those games. And again, I think Resident Evil, um, you know, going back to the, the earliest games, like did a really good job, um, with environmental storytelling. Um, because, you know, you think of like the, in the first Resident Evil, the Spencer mansion, like it's, it's a lot of what you see and what you don't see, but then you're also kind of like picking up like those, um, those kind of like diaries and stuff left around and like piecing together the story um on your own, which is, you know, very much like what uh what Gone Home and Tacoma are. Um and yeah, there's 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 cutscenes of uh variable quality of voice acting um in the in the games and um there's like, you know, the bigger story and everything. But um yeah, what I what I really just love about Resident Evil is just you know, and not every game accomplishes this, um, for sure. But the uh, you know, the feeling of being in like one set environment and just you know, just ex exploring and um, you know, just surviving, just surviving until you can get out of this environment and so when i'm thinking of like the types of games that i think kind of best personify this i think um you know the original um the original resident evil and its remake i think um the resident evil 2 remake does a really good job of this and then resident evil 7 um as well i think those are like those are like the pillars of like what i what i think of for um you know what's what's good resident evil is and that's like that's kind of the perspective I'm coming at with uh with this uh, this idea. So the idea is it would be set in a sith temple and you would you would not be like a, a super super badass jedi or anything um probably maybe maybe not even really a jedi, maybe just like a common common person or maybe you know, a person with, like, a little bit of, um, combat training and stuff, and you basically have to, um, you know, explore this, uh, this, you know, Sith Temple, um, that, you know, you you thought was abandoned, but it's not, and, um, and just kind of, like, survive all of the different, uh, horrors within, um and i'm thinking like limited combat um you know very very isolating feeling um some puzzles um some some constant tension of something you know in in some of their you know in like Resident Evil 2 you had like Mr. X who would always kind of uh, you know appear randomly and like you couldn't you couldn't like kill him or anything and um you just had to kind of like avoid him um and get away from him some maybe something like that something that's like always kind of pursuing you or like nemesis in resident evil 3 yeah i i don't know that's that's my uh that's kind of my dream um star wars game i i went with the sith temple thing because i can't really think of any other environment that would be you know have that kind of like haunted mansion vibe mm-hmm. um, but you know the the setting can kind of be whatever but um i just i want that that tension that exploration um and you know a little bit of in environmental storytelling as well
0: that would be super cool. Yeah, that would be super, super cool, actually. Um, uh, and and a unique idea, too, because uh, obviously, like, Star Wars and horror are not really um, linked. I mean, you know, there is a horror influence in the Star Wars films, you know. Um, and, and, you know, that's there. But it's not ever uh, really a primary kind of um, goal of Star Wars storytelling. And then, of course, there's been, like, uh, man, I forget the name of the books. But there was a couple of uh, Red Harvest. I, no, no. Is that what it's called?
1: Red harvest yeah, yeah
0: yeah star wars like horror uh kind of novel
1: what's that Serious galaxy of fear
0: oh yeah the galaxy of fear yeah forgot about those um <laughs> yep here was those and uh and uh yeah a couple other little things i guess um you know vader's castle to a to a yeah. small degree um but, so yeah you know like um i think that'd be really cool uh i'm playing resident evil 7 right now which uh, i think i've told you ryan mm-hmm. um Which is cool. And, uh, I also have Resident Evil 2 for the Xbox, um, the remake that, uh, I bought on sale, but, uh, you know, I'll play that uh, sometime soon. So yeah, I'm a fan of that series as well. And, um, that would be really fun. Yeah. Uh, not going to happen though, but that would be cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, all right. Well, to, uh, to just wrap up the show here, um, I, uh, just wanted to touch on quickly, like some re-releases that we could possibly see, you know, cause your, your Capcom Sith temple, Resident Evil style game is not very likely. Um, and then a lot of the games that we have talked about, you know, that are either coming or are more likely to happen. Um, they're probably, you know, long development cycles and, uh, quite a ways off, but one of the exciting things about Lucasfilm, uh, games, you know, kind of, um, ramping up here is that I think we could maybe see more, uh, re-releases of older games. Um, and, uh, especially with the EA thing, not being like exclusive anymore. Now, you know, there have been star Wars game re-releases even with the EA deal. So I don't think it was like prohibitive or stopping it from happening, but, um, I don't know, just Lucasfilm games being more active and, and, uh, you know, EA not, not being exclusive anymore. I feel like we could get even more, you know, ports of older games. Mm-hmm. um so a couple ideas that i had are uh are pretty you know pretty obvious yours are a little more um a little more interesting ryan um I-, I was thinking uh that i would love to see shadows of the empire number one mm-hmm. um because mm-hmm. we do have we have the racer games you know from uh from the you know late 90s early 2000s um which is like a an era of star wars you know video games that uh I remember really well, and I thought was was very exciting. And it was a time when there was like a lot of Star Wars games coming out. Mm-hmm. But uh, but Shadows is like the biggest one for me, you know, and I think for a lot of people. Um, and it's not like the most amazing game, but it's pretty good. it's
1: practically uh, bad at parts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it's sometimes really good, though.
1: Terrible in some stages, but it's also a game I also love dearly.
0: I think we did. Did we do an episode about that game at some point? I think we did, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, I mean that would be really cool, especially if there was maybe some small adjustments made to the game, which I don't know if that's likely or not, but uh but yeah, Shadows of the Empire re-release, I think, would be really cool. And then um also there is a uh well we we played the Rogue Squadron games, Ryan, both of us, and 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 really like those games. And um the developer of the Rogue Squadron games is a uh, now defunct studio called Factor Five, and uh they um, had actually finished making a collection of the Rogue Squadron games, first for Xbox and then for Wii. Yeah. Um, and it was canceled, but apparently it's finished. So um, I would love to see that canceled uh, ported. Twice. Canceled <laughs> twice, yeah, exactly. So I, w- I would love to see that uh, that ported over to modern consoles, um, especially the Switch. But uh, yeah, wherever I think would be really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's one that just... It just needs to happen, like yeah. I, I mean if it's if it's done like yeah we need we need to get those games uh playable well, or something something new,
0: and I think Lucasfilm or Lucasfilm games or whoever owns that game, like um I mean obviously they own the Star Wars property or whatever, but um when I was reading about it, it sounded like sounded like uh when factor 5 shut down like Lucasfilm then like took over ownership of that finished product or whatever so i don't even know how hard it would be for them to release it at this point i mean obviously it would have to be like updated to run on new consoles and stuff but um yeah i don't even think they'd have to collaborate really with like factor 5 or any other uh entities i think they could just probably put it out pretty easily if they wanted to do it
1: yeah yeah i mean i yeah, it's it's it sucks cuz like it's I mean really to play um you know you can play the uh the first rogue squadron on um obviously you can still play it on your N64 if you have the cart um but you can also play that on like Steam and GOG so like there there's like kind of options there um yeah. to to play it but the GameCube um games rogue league leader and rebel strike um those i mean you you basically just have to play them on a gamecube or a wii these days um there's just real really no modern way right. to, to play those and uh and you know rogue leader in particular is you know one of the one of the best star wars games so uh and it's a game that like still i mean i i played that on i put my disc in uh played it on the the wii uh a few years ago and i remember just being like still blown away by how good it looks (laughs) um you know that game was just like such a technical achievement um at the time so um yeah thinking of seeing that with like kind of like updated like upped resolution and like widescreen like It's gonna be like a really good looking game.
0: So Ryan, you had uh, I think one other kind of uh, idea for for a, a, a Star Wars re-release here.
1: Yeah, well, I had like seven other ones, um, but I can go through them quickly. The first one I think is the the obvious one and the most likely one, and that is the Kotor games on Switch, the duology. Um, those games have been released on uh, PC, on Mac. Um, they've uh, been released on uh, mobile devices like you can get them for your um, iphone your ipad um so i think both knights of the old republic games um coming to switch seems like a no brainer um just feels like something that would happen and that would be a great place to play them and they would probably do well so um yeah and i mean like obviously you can like you can actually play both of these games um on xbox already um because it's they're backwards compatible so you can play the xbox version so um yeah they're already playable there but yeah i guess maybe like a you know playstation and switch release um would get them playable on just about everything so i think that would be something that's uh makes sense and worth doing mm-hmm. uh, another uh kind of collection i would i would love to see just kind of like a small scale one would be the um atari star wars arcade games um so you know obviously there were some arcade games that came out in the early 80s um you know for star wars uh empire strikes back and return of the jedi um and those have all been Re-released it in a couple different ways. They were uh, a bonus disc if you pre-ordered uh, Rogue Squadron Three on GameCube. Uh, do you do you remember that? Do you have that disc?
0: I oh, do you have that disc. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that was uh, that was actually the first time I had played any of these games. Um, and then they were also re-released recently um, as an arcade cabinet from Arcade One Up. Um, which I believe includes all three of these games. Uh,
0: yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I think so.
1: Um, yeah. And so like, yeah, they were just, you know, early arcade games. Uh, the, I believe the Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back one, um, used like vector style graphics. And then I think it was like pixels for the, um. Return of the Jedi, like that.
0: Yeah, the Star Wars and Empire One are really similar, and in, in, I think, and then the the Jedi one is like a top-down... Uh, I think it's mostly... Isn't it mostly the speeder bike thing from yeah. Return of the Jedi?
1: I, isometric, um, yeah. impossibly hard,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: awful game. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's also, like, pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, the... So, yeah, I would love to see those games released in um just like a you know like a like a ten dollar digital download that you could just play on like modern systems and if they wanted to get really cool and really crazy um release like some of the atari 2600 uh star wars games as part of that as well um, Mm -hmm. which would be would be super fun um But yeah, that so that would be cool. Um, but then also kind of on the arcade side of things, and this would probably be the biggest one because it's these are games that are just not playable, (laughs) um, in like any reasonable way for reasonable people, um, right now, and that is the Sega Star Wars arcade games. So, um, in 1993, Sega released a Star Wars um arcade game that used um kind of early 3D um tech. So you got to think Sega in like 1993, they are kind of like pioneering um 3D gaming in the arcade with stuff like Virtual Racer and Virtual Fighter. Um so like kind of the that early 3D polygonal um visual style and so they made a Star Wars game like that. And then that got a release on 32X, the uh the add-on for your Sega Genesis, um, the ill-fated 32X. Um, yeah, it was a it was a launch game. Um and it was kind of like one of the premier premier games, um, like the system sellers. And I mean, I remember I wanted a 32X real hard, um, because I really wanted, um, this, uh, this Star Wars game, but I, I never got one. I've never actually played a 32X, which is very sad. Um, but yeah, that, that game, uh, I've never played it. I never played it in the arcade. I never played it on 32X. Um, John, have you played this game at all?
0: I have. Um, i think i had it actually yeah but i i have well maybe i didn't have it maybe darren my friend darren had one of us had it anyway i did have a 32x i did play this game um yeah uh and it was really cool
1: nice nice i i did i will say like i don't know if at some point a few years ago um i did play it uh emulated on my pc mm-hmm. um, but uh you know wasn't wasn't the same and you know Oh, no, no. Felt dirty, felt dirty doing it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I really want just yeah this game. And I've never played the arcade cabinet. Um, I don't think I've ever even seen the arcade cabinet. I was like Mm-mm. looking at pictures of it um, yesterday and I was like, I've never even seen this thing in an arcade. Uh, I wonder if like maybe like Galloping Ghost has it or someplace.
0: Yeah, possibly. Um I'm I I haven't looked at their list of Star Wars games recently. Um and I've never been there unfortunately. But uh yeah, I know that they have um most of the other Star Wars games you have listed here, but I don't know if they have that one.
1: Yeah. So that's that's one that I would just be like super cool to be able to play. Um then the next one on here was released in 1998 and that is Star Wars Trilogy Arcade and that's uh and that's got kind of the um you know the the re-releases um the special editions it has like that kind of aesthetic to it with you know some of the same key art and like the gold logos and everything um which just you know is a is a happy star wars place for me um in general and this game i've i've played i played it at the time like I remember it, like being in arcades, and it was like it was kind of like a a movie theater staple mm-hmm. for a hot minute. I think uh, Showplace had it. Does yeah, that sound right to me.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it had it like at that time or not. Um, yeah. I mean, it probably it may have, maybe it did. Um, but definitely like at some point it had it for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I remember...
0: Well, actually, Showplace oh. didn't even exist at the time. Um, right because. Oh.
1: Then what 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 was the movie theater?
0: We still had because like the the Star Wars re releases. Um,
1: oh yeah, those and, are like Cherry Valley.
0: Cherry Valley yeah. Outdoor. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, if you're not from Rockford, Illinois, which you're probably not, uh, Cherry Valley Outdoor. <laughs> Actually, if you're listening to this, you might be. Who else listens to this show besides people from Rockford? But anyway, um, if you're uh, if you're not from Rockford, Cherry Valley Outdoor. It was not an outdoor theater. It was like at our at our mall. But it was a separate building. So they had movie theaters in the mall and they had a, a separate building outside the mall. So it was the indoor and the outdoor. Yeah. But they're both indoors.
1: Did they did they have arcade machines at the at that movie theater? I
0: don't remember. We'd have to get Kevin on. Kevin remember would remember for sure.
1: He would know exactly what machines they had.
0: Yes. <laughs> Um, Kevin and I have, re- have we, we've uh, returned to that uh, Cherryvale Outdoor Movie Theater uh, multiple times for children's birthday parties because it is now a gymnastics academy that hosts children's birthday parties. And it's really weird to be like standing in the, uh, the theater that you saw, you know, um, the Empire Strikes Back special edition in, except for it's full of like trampolines and uh, sweaty little kids. So,
1: wow, that's yeah, it's
0: pretty weird. It's a weird feeling
1: weird uh, yeah. yeah but anyway that game uh pretty hard to play these days um but uh if i remember right it was like it was a few different like genres of games there was like some some flying stuff and like maybe some like was there like a lightsaber
0: yeah it had a couple different scenarios you could choose them i believe um and, and it was like a joystick like a big joystick that you use to control things i think um well and buttons obviously but uh yeah Almost like a flight stick style, like joystick, I think. And um, yeah, I think it had a couple different uh, things. I I know that you um, could do the like Luke and Vader fight from Return of the Jedi. Um, And I think also there was a level that was like focused on fighting Boba Fett, if I remember correctly. Mm. Um, I've played it recently within the last couple of years. I've I've, uh, come across it uh, more than once, I think. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So... Uh, yeah, but I don't uh, I don't remember like I played it for like five minutes each time you know yeah. that I came across it, but um, yeah, it's it is uh, cool and uh, definitely uh, a unique Star Wars game. So that would be um, super interesting to get ported to a console for sure.
1: Yeah, and then kind of the last of the Sega Star Wars arcade trilogy is Racer Arcade, um, and this one um, I think is. Yeah, this is a this is another one. It's really hard to play these days. Um, but it is a like sit down cockpit game. Um, with uh, where you're you're um, piloting a pod racer, and you uh, you have like two of the um yokes or whatever to uh kind of mm-hmm. control it. Um, but yeah, obviously that would not happen with a modern uh, console release, um, unless I wanted to make like that gamer chair or whatever. <laughs> like just, <laughs> a, a, you know, that would probably be the gamer chair I buy um, if it was like a, a pod racer cockpit. Oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I think um, what's interesting about this game is it's just, it's, you know, it's based on... Um, you know, the, the pod racing sequence in Phantom Menace, of course, but it's, it's not the same game as the one that, uh, was released to console. Like these are all original, original stages, um, that, you know, were created specifically for this arcade game. So, um, and there's, there's like less stages, um, than the, than the console PC release, but, Um, they're, they're just different and they have a different aesthetic and, um, vibe to them. So, um, I would, uh, I would, I would love to be able to kind of play that wherever.
0: Yeah. Uh, I did, I've, I've played this more recently too. I don't know if you've had a chance to play it, uh, in the last, you know, I don't know, 10 years or whatever, but, um, I've come across this a few times recently as well. Um, pretty hard, but, uh, really fun and really cool to like, you know, kind of use that, that uh custom control kind of method to to play this game and uh yeah yeah, super super cool so um man you could even maybe it probably would be bad but it could be fun as like a bonus control method if there was a switch version you know to have a joy con in each hand and kind of yeah use motion control somehow or something to uh to uh have that authentic pod racer control setup but um
2: Yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah i don't know um It would be really cool though, Ryan, if we could even just get like one or two of those, um, re-releases that you mentioned, you know? So, uh, yeah, that, that would be great.
1: Totally. Totally.
0: Um, all right, cool. Well, I think we should, uh, wrap up the show here, Ryan. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's our, that's our kind of look, um, at the, the news regarding, uh, Lucasfilm games and, uh, of course our, our, our hopes and, uh, you know, unrealistic speculation for, <laughs> for what might, uh, be to come from, from Lucasfilm games. But, um, regardless of if any of the things that, uh, that we're hoping for happen, um, surely there will be, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of new stuff coming from, from Lucasfilm games. And hopefully it's the start of a, of a new era of Star Wars game development. And, uh, you know, maybe one in which we'll, we'll get more new Star Wars games and, uh, I think the if there was a theme an overriding theme for our our discussion of all of this, it's that we uh we're hoping for um more you know kind of diversity in the kinds of games that we get and and just get more varied uh more often and more varied star wars games releases so mm-hmm. uh hopefully that'll be the case but um yeah um it's exciting times one way or the other so um that being said, we're gonna close the show here. Um, so we'll be back, um, uh, back next week with another episode until then you can find everything we do, uh, over at blockade Uh, we would love to hear from you as always. Um, you know, if you have, uh, ideas as far as star Wars video games are concerned or, um, you know, reactions to this whole Lucasfilm games thing, or, um, you know, we'd love to hear what you, uh, what your experience has been with the high Republic so far too, um, because um, surely we'll be talking about that um, more here in the coming weeks. So uh, anyway, uh, we'd love to hear from you, and you can reach out either on Twitter at Blockade Run or through email, um, blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com. And Ryan, you specifically are on Twitter at...
1: V-A-Y-A-M-A-L-A-Y. All
0: right. So thanks very much for listening, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the Blockade Runner Podcast.